welcome to the Nobody Asked Our Opinion podcast, a podcast where two complete oafs talk about all things pop culture. This oaf is JJ. And this oaf is Joanna. And again, mind our dust as we are figuring out our audio things. We're not audio engineers. We're trying to do our best here. We're recording on random things as we as we figure the figure things out. As we figure out the best way to do things, and also my internet decided to crap out on me like a couple hours before we started recording. So yay! Yeah. Hell yes! But uh, let's get into this uh, news gig. Yes, um, let's do this. So I almost put this on our news last week, and I decided it was too dumb for us to talk about. But then they changed their minds, and so now we have to talk about it. Because it's even more stupid. Because <laughs> it's even better. So OnlyFans was like, we're not going to allow sexual content on our website anymore. So, which is basically the only reason why people go into OnlyFans. You go into OnlyFans because you want to see your favorite celebrity, you know... You want to see their dick. You want to see their tits. You want to, yeah. You want to see 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 people smash and all of that good stuff. And that was a place you can go, pay your money, and see what you want. And um, that was the vast majority of what that website was used for. And OnlyFans was like, mm, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore because we can get better ad revenue and sponsors and stuff if we don't. Do if we that. don't, yeah, because it's. Advertisers are real persnickety when it comes to any sort of adult content, even cursing. A lot of ads, advertisers will pull their ad money out of, you know, in a quick minute as soon as somebody uh, says something unsavory on the some network or some, you know, company, some well, company I mean, that's sponsored why, thing. That's why YouTube is so... Uh, persnickety is that there's certain things that you can't do on YouTube anymore um, Uh if you want to be monetized. So you're immediately demonetized um, if you you know, you say fuck. Like, they're like, nope, not gonna happen unless that's like your brand but like, even then it's still like, iffy. So, OnlyFans is like yeah, I was just going to say, advertisers are always looking to, like, they're only looking to advertise to, like, the widest, broadest audience. And so, like, you know, being a little bit blue or uh, skewing towards more of the adult content will, will, you know, restrict the amount of people that they can possibly reach. So they're trying to, like, get the biggest bang out of their buck, so to speak. <laughs> bang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. So OnlyFans was like, yeah, we're we're gonna restrict uh, the adult content from our website, and uh, we're just gonna be you know non pornographic, non adult uh, content creators, uh, not you know platform for those types of people. Which there are a number. Uh, Patreon <laughs> is the big one that uh, they a long time ago were like no sex, and people are like. Okay, because that was how it was made. OnlyFans was designed for people to be able to make money being, you know, sexual. And, you know, you get on it. But the everybody who signed up for OnlyFans was like, well, we're going to stick it out to get our content this month because it was supposed to start in September. And they're like, but we're all pulling out. And after the huge backlash of everybody being like, well, we're leaving by uh, OnlyFans was like, 
So we changed our mind. We <laughs> are going to allow sexual contacts. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> Upon reflection, <laughs> I think in an official in an official tweet, OnlyFans from the OnlyFans account, it says, "Thank you to everyone for making your voices heard." AKA, thank you for all the people yelling at us for being stupid. <laughs> Basically, uh, and so yeah, so it looks like as far as. As far as we can, uh, as far as we can tell, OnlyFans will continue to um, have adult content and adult content creators on their websites, on their website, and like it, like it has, like God intended, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and you better work. Um, and honestly, literally. like, there's a, especially during COVID, a lot of like sex workers and porn stars took to. OnlyFans to keep their, you know, to keep their, honestly, to keep their livelihood. So it's like, if it weren't for, I mean, there are other, I guess there are other fans, like Fansly, Just for Fans, For My Fans, that are very similar kind of like um, websites where you can create your own content and put up a paywall for people to, to see it. Um, but like OnlyFans was like a big, huge, like online platform. For a lot of you know porn stars in the industry where you know ravaged by covid you can't you can't have porn happen during covid <laughs> I, I what <laughs> yeah it's it's not it's not very conducive it's not very conducive to stop the spread of a virus so uh doing this on getting on the online gig and online platforms and where you can really highly restrict uh, who you come into contact with, and especially when once, once the vaccination, uh, once vaccinations were becoming really more common, you know, sex workers were were given an opportunity to live, continue their career, and having OnlyFans be like, "No, nah, we're not going to do that again." It was a huge, like, I'm sure, like every porn star was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is this is not okay." Well, I mean, and even not even just porn stars, but people who were able to find uh, a way to make a little bit of extra money to make ends meet who aren't, you know, quote unquote porn stars, but were like, yeah, I'll do, you know, sexy shows in my bedroom for a little bit of extra cash. Oh, yeah. People love the amateur stuff. People love it. (laughs) And so he says, yeah. he says with a knowing smile, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so it's just, it's just hilarious that like OnlyFans is like, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to do all the porn stuff. And then everybody's like, but we like the porn stuff. You're being stupid. And OnlyFans is like, oh yeah, you're right. We're, we're dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just mass exodus. And they're like, maybe we should rethink everything we just said. Yeah. So. Uh, as far as we can tell, OnlyFans is not going anywhere. Not for a while. Well, they weren't ever going anywhere. They were just changing their rules, um, which would have killed them like it did Tumblr. But um, but we're fine. It's back. We're good. Life will be fine. Yeah. We can... You can... You can Because <laughs> I know that a, a few of the, uh, of the Rue girls have OnlyFans. And a Willem mm-hmm. has OnlyFans. Um... I'm sure that's bonkers, shit, cra- shit ass crazy. 
Absolutely. Um, uh, well, I mean, Sasha Bell famously has a OnlyFans under the name Frisbee Jenkins. And it's supposed to be legit. Yeah, and I, and I believe it's she's 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 not doing drag on that account. It's strictly her as a boy doing sex yes. things. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, more power to y'all. Well, moving on from all the sexy stuff. Um, so I don't know Shang Chi, the the leading man from Shang Chi. I think his name is something Lim. Simu, Simu Liu. Simu Liu, yeah, something like that. I can't remember now, but he is fine. He is a snack. Oh yeah, no, he's gorgeous. Um. And JJ and I are seeing the movie on Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday, and it's I'm so fucking excited, so fucking excited. It's gonna be so good. I'm so ready for it. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so good. I've only heard positive reviews. Yeah, and which I'm hoping will you know the will help box office performance because according to um, uh, MovieWeb.com. Disney's considering uh, sort of using Shang-Chi as kind of a litmus test for box office performance. And based in, on how well Shang-Chi does, will decide if they need to re- uh, push back Eternals due to, you know, people not being comfortable going to the movie theaters uh, just quite just yet. So, which can, you know, if we push back Eternals, chances are that's going to push back Spider-Man. It's going to fuck shit up. It's just going to push back all the things. It's going to be dumb. Um, I think that what they should be doing is because I think people want to go see this in theaters. And I think that the scare is, well, a lot of theaters, at least in our area, are selling to capacity, not half capacity anymore. And I think that what they should do is drop theaters to half capacity um, so maybe it won't have this big, huge, quote unquote, opening weekend, but you let the movie run longer in theaters than it, like movies have been because movies have been cycling out after like, what, like a month and a half. Um, I feel like even weeks, like if, if it's not within the top, if it's, if it's not within like the top five of movies within like three weeks after it's released, it's like, it's not even there any longer. Yeah, so I mean, but leave them in the theater a little bit longer. You'll still make all of the money, but people will probably feel a little bit safer going in at half capacity um, for those who are concerned. Um, But that's just my thought. But it looks like we may have trouble getting people to the theaters, not just because of uh, COVID Tina, but because um, people are offended by people are offended by the way aquafina talks because she has what they call a black scent which i don't have never ever in the history of seeing or hearing aquafina speak have i gone wow she's really putting on a an, an accent to be black i went wow that's an asian woman speaking the end the end well, it's not just that she definitely has a she definitely has a unique like accent with with which she speaks, 
Um, oh yeah. I don't, whether or not it is, because uh, the 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 criticism is that she is uh, she has gone on record saying that she does not want to use uh, like um, uh, you know a stereotypical accent to. Um, to get her career going, especially as an Asian American actress. Uh, she says, yeah. uh, she says, quote, in a Vice interview back in 2017, she says, I refuse to do accents. I'm not okay with somebody writing the Asian experience for an Asian character. I make it very clear. I don't ever go out for auditions where I feel like I'm making a minstrel out of our people, which is fair. She shouldn't yeah. be, she should not be expected just because she is of Asian American descent of Asian descent to, you know, put on a stereotypical Asian accent. Um, just as, you know, a, a black person, a black actor should not expect to go into an audition and be expected to play, you know, put on your typical black accent or black scent, as it's become to call it, uh, become known as. But it, people are now starting to like, hey, you said this about, you know, your Asian culture, but now it looks like you're kind of appropriating the speech of, uh, you know, black Americans. And that seems a little, uh, a little hypocritical, especially when, when you use the term minstrel, which is a, uh, a very, uh, which is a word uh, often associated with the appropriation of black culture. Um, and the racism towards black people back, you know, back in uh, the the awful times of uh, slavery and so it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of people who are like this doesn't seem real this doesn't seem this seems gauche like this doesn't seem very uh, like this seems pretty hypocr hypocritical um, I'm it, it, I'm always struggling with the idea of appropriation what exactly does that mean what line what in you know arbitrary line do we cross where it becomes where you know appreciation of a culture becomes appropriation um she is she is from the bronx in new york i i am willing to believe that her she speaks like the people that she grew up with speaks like that's how people around her spoke and that's that's what we got I'm will, uh, that seems that seems pretty I don't think that she's actively or she, I don't know if, if it, you can call it consciously trying to appropriate the black accent for to gain you know to gain footage in her career I'm willing to believe it's a, totally a regional thing I mean I'm willing to go on that journey as well and I mean, part of it at the end of the day also comes with the fact that we're people are saying this based off of the rules that she's playing. And then you have to sit down and go, well, how are these rules being written? Because yeah, the only time I can I could even, I think, think of going like, oh, that seems a little like maybe like stereotypical under that realm would be her role in Crazy Rich Asians. But that's also like that was the character, and her her experience and her her uh, drama, her, her basically her life dramatized in her show Nora from Queens features her heavily using that kind of accent, and in fact, her that show is critically and you know audiences love that show. Like it is, yeah. it is considered a wildly successful. 
So like, it, it and from my under, I, I mean, I, I'm going to see it on Thursday. It seems like that she seems like a city girl. Like she always tends to play kind of that city girl. That was kind of her role in Ocean's Eight. She was kind of like the city girl hustler. Yeah. So like you know, it, that's kind of how I mean that's kind of a stereotypical urban quote unquote urban as the white people would say, um, urban accent. Like, it's a very city, very city-specific, uh, like, a inner-city accent. I'm willing to believe that that's just, like, how she grew up talking because that's where she, she grew up in the Bronx. No, I agree also. And I think that also this is the loud voice of a few, not the connected voice of the many. I'm... I'm I'm hoping that it is the loud voices of the few because this doesn't seem. I don't think this is getting very much traction, like because people are straight up, you know, ask, you know, rallying for the boycott of Shang Chi. Which, if they successfully do boycott Shang Chi and it somehow underperforms, that will cause Disney to push back all the MCU stuff that's coming up. And no, we don't want that. We don't want that, and also just. Really, you're going to pick the first Asian-led superhero movie to be like, yeah, fuck that movie. No. Like, let the, let let Asian actors um, have their movie. Let Asian people have their representation. And, like, boycott the movie if somebody, like, murders somebody, rapes somebody, or really does something racist. Um, and let the movie be because it's supposed to be phenomenal i've only heard good reviews for this film yeah and no no mention of like cultural appropriation from the from the actors like that does that seems so far-fetched i'm i'm like this is again this yeah like you're really gonna pick the the one the 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 first you know asian uh asian american actor driven movie to like make this claim about a cultural appropriation like there i can name several other (laughs) several other instances of cultural appropriation that seem to fly past all the white people (laughs) no absolutely and i mean and not only is it just it's not just an asian-led movie it like an asian-led actor movie it is an asian-led cast like everybody in this movie is asian and it's an asian director and it's, you know, Asian writers, um, you know, and an Asian stunt crew. Like, yeah, fuck off, America. Well, listen to our podcast, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to go and watch the movie on Thursday. Um, check us out on Instagram, where we'll probably give our quick thoughts again. We'll probably release those Thursday or Friday. Or, well, no, not Thursday. Friday or Saturday, we'll release our, our quick thoughts, and then we'll give a full review next week. Yes. Um, but we got one more bit of news, and it's a throwback to our very first episode. Remember Lil so, Nas X? And he uh, released shoes with uh, blood infused inside in them? Okay, the so it was bl- so, and it was one of those things is that when they were people were talking about him because everybody basically like was like fuck that he's demonic um and because there was blood on the shoes and i went 
that's a little weird, but whatever. Um, it made it sound like there was like a fucking vial of blood, like chilling in the, these shoes. It was like a drop of blood on the soles of the shoes. And they were just like blood. Like, I don't even know if it, they for sure confirmed it was human blood. It was just blood. But, you know, Lil Nas X and his gayness and blackness and, you know, Coming off giving, the the devil of... a, giving the devil a lap dance in a music video. He's satanic. Yeah. But, um, surprise, Tony Hawk just released um, a limited edition set of skateboards that are, um, that have vials of his own blood mixed into the paint that the skateboards are painted with. They sold out in minutes. Nobody Listen, seems to care. Nobody said a word. Um, and we're, yeah, so and we're nobody like, cares. Uh, excuse me. Uh, double standard here. You mean so to tell me that it's okay for her, for a middle-aged white guy to release products with his own blood in it? And that'd be okay with evangelical Christians, but as soon as a black queer artist, uh, you know, hints of a drop of his blood in a shoe. Well, it's not even his blood. It wasn't even his blood. That's the thing. Yeah. It was just a drop of blood. Some blood. Drop of some blood in his shoe, in the shoes. Then he's immediately, like, chastised and called, you know, uh, uh, fucking demonic and satanic and the devil worshiper. I'm like, uh, really white America? Really white America? No, and so what's great is, um, so as y'all know, we finally are on TikTok. And so because we're on TikTok, I have the, uh, our Nobody Asked Our Opinion TikTok account on my phone because somebody has to look at this shit. And so, um... We are following Lil Nas X, and he put on a TikTok actually today of him standing out on a skateboard ramp. Um, and like the text that comes through is like, uh, hey, you want to watch me, you know, do this, this and this. And then you see him, you know, stand on the edge and then the skateboard goes down and then you see this person doing all these tricks and you're like, that's a white guy. And then it pops up. Like, the person lands, and it's Tony Hawk. Like, you literally see Tony Hawk for a second, and then it switches over to Lil Nas X being like, hey, what'd you think? Oh <laughs> and I died. My God. <laughs> I fucking died. I thought it was so funny. Um, just because it was, like, clearly he was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. But, like, maybe people like me if I skateboard. <laughs> Look, I'm skateboarding like Look, this I did it. 40-year-old I, I, white man. Just I, I did the thing Tony Hawk did. Love me. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was so great. It was so funny. Um, I was like, you go, Lil Nas X. Um, and also, like, there's no shade, obviously, like, going towards Tony Hawk. He did a thing. Um, not trying to, like... He just did a thing that he was... Because I think he's donating all of the money he gets for these skateboards to, like, a specific charity or something. Yeah, it's um, called uh, Liquid Death. Which is... Yeah. Um, uh, it's like v- some sort of like water company. Uh, yeah, so he's donating his money to charity, yeah. and I mean, obviously, Lil Nas X isn't like fuck Tony Hawk because Tony Hawk didn't do anything wrong. He's like, really, really, this white guy does what I did, and he's you know a savior, you know, and I do it, and I'm a demon. 
cool. What? White people appropriating the artistic endeavors of black people and are critically acclaimed while at the same time the black artists are chastised? That never happens in any of our pop culture. Never. 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 <laughs> it's just, so, I, I, yeah. People need to, people need to step off and just like step back, really think about what's really going on, and then just keep their mouth shut because it's it's not looking good. It's not it, a good. It's look. not a cute look. It's not cute. Um, but yeah, if you want to buy a skateboard with Tony Hawk's blood in it, too bad they're sold out. If too you want to buy. If you want to buy uh, sneakers that had a drop of blood on them from Lil Nas X, you can't. They sold out and they weren't allowed to sell them anymore. So, <laughs> sorry about it. Sorry about it. Let's talk about drag queens. That makes me happier. Woot woot. Yes. Yes. So that, um, that brings us to our over. Drag Race 20. Woo. Woot woot. We're going to talk. We're going to switch over to Drag Race Twenty, where we talk about Drag Race for exactly twenty minutes, twenty minutes only. Um, even if we are mid-sentence, if the timer goes ding, we stop talking, and that thought will be lost forever because Lord knows we won't remember it. No, <laughs> we always say we might talk about it next week. We never do. We never do. We're <laughs> lying because there's so much more fascinating shit happened since then. Oh my god, yeah. Um, and girl, do we have some things to talk about? We got some shit to do, so I'm helming the the timer today, so it is set to 20 minutes. As soon as the timer goes off, we will stop talking, even if it's mid-sentence, mid-syllable, and you'll never know, you'll never get to hear the end of that thought. Sorry about it. And the timer starts now. Oh my god eureka was back in the competition so this is this is a gag because we we just came from the lip sync like the secret lip sync extravaganza like draft pick bracket eleganza (laughs) that was last episode that was the previous episode and silky fucking murdering all the girls Um, all of the girls she was she I think she lip synced a total of uh seven times or up to seven uh, times. I think it was seven times including uh Eureka. Including Eureka. So she she I mean already has solidified herself in Drag Race history as the formidable and unequivocal lipstick assassin. Nobody has Absolutely. done what she has done. I hope um, her booking fee went up from this. Well, uh, did you listen to, um, uh, I think it's First First Impressions with uh, Bob and Thorgy after after that episode? Because during their episode, they kept Silky's PayPal... Uh, oh yeah, Venmo, you know all that cash up on the screen, yes, up on the screen, so that you know the listeners can tip as much as they want to to Silky because she fucking deserves it. She fucking. Deserves I had to think about. I forgot about that being the thing that was on there because I was too busy being distracted by the fact that Bob surprised Thorgy with Tia Coffee with Tia Coffee, fucking gorgeous. <laughs> oh my god! Again, that bitch looks so good. Stunning. So, so stunning. Where was this on Drag Race? But I, then again, not every girl is she, fit She for didn't have that money. She, she made money, that money for being on Drag Race. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's fair. That is fair. Um, and also, um, 
but still in true Atia copy, like, form, she looked fantastic, but her internet was shit, so you could only hear, like, every third word she said. Yeah, and it was all, it was, like, it was, like, lagging behind Bob and Thor Jean, so they were, <laughs> it was still, it was like, so funny. it was still, like, still, still struggling, uh, riding the struggle bus, but, um, yeah, that was, I think that, that was really cool for Bob and uh, Thor Jean to, like, give opportunity for Silky to get some tips because she deserved all those tips coming up to oh, absolutely. this, this lip sync thing. Um, and uh, when she did, her final lip sync was with the recently uh, voted out Eureka. And I mean, you and I saw it when we saw it together, we looked at each yep. other and was like, I think Eureka won that, 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 that limp sync. And we were both, I mean, you were like, but it would be so sad to see Silky go all this way and then just to get knocked down right at the final round. And it yeah. is. It, and that's exactly what happened. They, they uh, um, uh, told Silky to sashay away and Eureka came back in with the competition. She took like a little hot, you know, uh, a little break from the competition, a little like, what, day or so, <laughs> and then hopped yeah. right back in. Um, and it's sad because, you know, Silky worked real hard, but if you're going by that last lip sync, like, she, it was, I mean, she struggled to get out of her reveal. The reveal didn't kind of make sense. It's like, it, it she wrote said the struggle was, bus. It was definitely like, uh, there were execution issues. And um, yeah, it, it just was, I think it was from that lip sync pretty clear that Eureka won that lip sync it's just it sucks to say that having seen silky go all this way but i'm sure Silk. i mean and silky was so funny when she left she's like are you sure bitch she like walked up to the edge <laughs> like, are you sure bitch are you sure no it <laughs> was so like, good it was so good um <laughs> i um i'm glad that silky got to have this really big though like redemption and is able to you know live her best life um and get some fan accolades that she deserves mm-hmm. um because i will admit i was one of the people who was not a silky stan before this um i was on the firm belief that she was team too much um and even knowing that she had you know ramped it up to get, make the best of her tv time i still was like yeah but you're still team too much and then to see her finally like find the right level for how to present herself, you know, which is still a lot, but not overbearing. It was definitely, like, she definitely found a sweet spot between being over the top and, like, crazy energy to very poignant and very, like, authentic and, like, down to earth. Um, Because you can easily run either... You can you can go either extreme and be like just again hashtag too much or hashtag boring. Yeah, and we got hashtag boring at the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, because I think she kind of maybe overcorrected or over, um, like uh, she like brought it in too much. But it's even though it's sad to see Silky go, I think Silky has definitely like she's she's put her career on a path moving up and that makes me happy me too i'm so glad 
Um, let's talk about eliminations. Um, because oh. our our beauty Trinity K Bonet, um, the TKB, the pageant the TKB. beauty, the TKB. Trinity K Bonene has left the competition. She hit the mm-hmm. house, and I'm so sad. Um, Truly I'm heartbroken. With, I'm friends with a bunch of uh, people um, throughout the summer that I worked with, and literally like the text messages i got when they were like watching the episode were heartbreaking because everybody was just like but no not tkv i was rooting for her i was rooting for her um and i mean i I just like i was too i was too yeah, I feel like that it would have been a great because it's clearly they're like now that we're edging towards the finish, they're clearly trying to make Ginger the season winner. Um, it's 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 going to be clearly between Ginger and Raja. Clearly, I honestly think there's a case to be made for Kylie. Oh, I will make the case for Kylie twenty four seven. I'm fucking in love with Kylie. I think Kylie. Honestly, I think Kylie should have got a joint win on Snatch Game with Ginger because her Dolly Parton was next level and kept up with Ginger. They were right at each other. It was so good. She looked like her. I, uh, it was like I fuck. I wouldn't, you know, like ten years ago, you wouldn't. I, if you would have told me, I would have be so into Kylie Sonic Love. I'd been like, bitch, you crazy. Like she did her thing on 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 season two, but like that's where that's where her that's where her rue her rue career ends, and that's and that's what the way it is. But goddamn, she made a huge impact on this All Star season, and I would love to see. Could you imagine if the next crowned queen was a trans woman? Like that would be I mean... epic. I mean, it'd be fierce, and I'm here for the fierceness. And honestly, when the season started, I was like, Kylie looks pretty, but, like, she's going to go home, like, what, third? Um, And the fact that she fucking just was like, nope, I'm here to slay. And I'm like, well, fuck me. You go, girl. Um, Like, I agree. Like, I never figured that I would be, like, Team Kylie. But I'm sitting here, and I'm kind of Team Kylie. But honestly, I'm at this point to where... Any of those bitches could win, and I'm not going to be angry. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's again because this season has been so it's been so close. Yeah, that like through the entire season though, like it was truly anybody's game for the longest time. Like I it, it, even like coming up to the top four, each contestant other than. Well, Eureka got her first win on her on the the episode that she got um, li- uh, on the, this current episode. Yeah, the episode she got back on. But like at this point, everybody's got to win. Everybody's been in the bottom at least once or twice. I think we went through like the uh, like the numbers of who's been in the bottom and who's been top and who's won number. I think raja it's just ridiculously ekes, close it's so close i think raja ekes out a ginger just because i think she was uh she wasn't in the i think ginger was in the bottom for all the group challenges because the group was it was like if you're not top you're the bottom 
Yeah, and that was one of the ones that Raja had won. Yes, and so like because it, it was the drag tots. Yeah, and so it just like eked out just barely over Ginger, and that's that's saying a lot because Ginger is an, in and of herself like a wildly fierce competitor, and oh, Raja yeah, kind of came. Raja came almost kind of out of nowhere in this competition. You couldn't. I would have never guessed she would do so well, judge, judging just from her uh, performance in her season. Like she kind of, she was kind of what eliminated midway through her through her season. Mm-hmm. She didn't make it to snatch game. Didn't even make it to snatch game, and she, uh, you know, is in the fucking top. She's in the finale for All Stars and fucking slayed the way. Like. I think uh, Bussy Queen did uh, some mathematics and did some counting on social media about like who's winning like the likes and shares on Twitter and Instagram. And Raja is has a huge swath of the fan base rooting for her. And honestly, guess guess I don't know if you saw that uh, the the Bussy Queen video. Oh, of course they did. Uh, but like, who was the se- who was the on social media? Who was the se- uh, second in second place? Just under Raja, barely under Raja. Kylie. It was fucking Kylie, and I was like, "Damn, what if?" Like, I I don't know how much the social media plays into Rue's decision. Um, it, it's got. I it, think it, it helps. To, I definitely because you know for the longest time you know the the fan base is what was like. Uh, drag the 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 Hall of Fame is real white. Rue wears a black queen, and then she was like on a season where, arguably, one of the weirdest decisions in Rue, Rue history, where she crowns two winners, and one of which is a black queen. Uh, she was like, I guess I can't have another white queen win and then be have all my fan base like yell at me again and come at me, come at me. So I guess this is a win because. I guess they both are really deserving, and it's hard to choose. And so, fuck it. Let's have two winners. Maybe she'll she'll be like, "Hey, it's been a while. It, 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 there hasn't been a trans woman in the in the hallway. Let's uh, let's spice it up a little bit, and let's uh, let's get a Kylie up in there." Well, I mean, it's not even there hasn't been a trans woman in the hallway. There hasn't been a trans woman with the crown at all, for sure. Usually, you just find barely out, you find started out letting trans women compete. I was gonna say usually somebody comes out as trans and they're like they hit the house, <laughs> right? It's only re- and now like with uh, UK three they're living in a they're, an AFAB queen is uh, competing. Uh, uh, that's a, a assigned female at birth queen. So like getting all of this representation uh, amongst because that's why the that's why the queer community has a rainbow flag is because there are so many colors within the community that it's hard to kind of pigeonhole yourself and not get criticized for it especially being a you know beacon for the you know the queer community and in the mainstream so like having having a trans woman be crowned all-star queen would be fucking sickening and sonic so would deserve that Oh, and then super random, but I saw online, I think earlier today, um, did you hear that Gigi Good has come out, came out as trans? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, you get it. 
she uh in podcasts that she's been guest guest appearing on she for a while has been kind of writing the non-binary very gender uh gender queer um like uh bus and then i think you know she finally realized that you know what i'm a uh i i really believe uh, i really believe that i'm uh a woman and want to live my life as a woman because god damn she's uh, again another gorgeous 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 queen oh yeah so pretty and i'm like you know what you live you i'm excited so um i just thought that was like interesting because she i did Mm -hmm. know that you know she's been living that non-binary life for a while and uh i'm you know glad that she's figured out who she is yeah i know and and i know it's old news but like i I know that gone uh laganja has this year also come out as uh being a trans woman and she was also kind of writing the non-binary queer gender queer uh uh life so I'm I'm glad to see that like you couldn't see this especially in amongst the Rue girls like it was always kind of held hush hush like even when um, uh, Mo- was it Monica Beverly Hills she, I think she announced she was trans on like, the show on, on the show like even then it was like a point of like it was like she was sobbing because she was like this is something like. There's a level of shame about it. Even Kylie talks about being shamed of her body identity uh, and the body that she was given uh, before doing drag. Um, that was evident in her little in the uh, the this charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent monologues. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. That means cunt. I that died. Means cunt, y'all. I to fucking die. Gingerman, just hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. It's it's really exciting to see like, you know, having two. There were two trans women. I, it was J- Jiggly and uh, Kylie. And Kylie were both trans women on this uh, this season of uh, Drag Race, I believe, um, with the inclusion of. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, something Scone, Victoria Scone, is that yeah. her name? Uh, yes. The AFAB Queen on UK three. Um, the uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Drag Race Holland. Drag Race Holland has a trans uh, trans mm-hmm. competitor, um, and she's beautiful too. She's gorgeous. Um, her name is Vanessa Van Cartier. It's so good. Uh, I love it. And so, like, all this trans representation is, I'm living for this. Because people don't realize that trans, trans women were the, the, like, the biggest voices of the queer community, like, especially in the Stonewall riots. Um, it was led by a black trans woman. Yeah. It was started by a black trans woman. And it's about goddamn time that we see, like, trans representation and... Uh, and the the sort of the mainstream being more accepting of trans the trans community especially amongst all the violence against trans women that's been um that's been that's been happening and still happening Uh, yeah it's it's good to it's finally because we all know representation matters and whoever says that it doesn't is stupid because they're they're 
kidding themselves. Representation well, matters. Well, they probably it, are people who already see themselves on TV and don't understand what it's like not to. Oh, no. I've talked to my brother about this, and he's like, oh, I don't care about if I see Filipinos on the screen. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm like, no, you're kidding yourself. No, you're, you're, you're either not truly accepting of your Filipino identity or you're actively trying to avoid it because it's <laughs> representation matters. Again, the fact, really that do, are true, the fact that there are two drag competitions coming out of the Philippines within the next like couple years, I'm living for that too. Because Filipino queens are bonkers. I've seen some Philippine <laughs> drag and it is wild. <laughs> Oh, I'm expecting, like, uh, Drag Race Thailand level, like, craziness. Yeah, Yeah, they'll set their sums on fire as they're, like, their Pruswacha, like, cooter slams into, like, several backhand spring splits. Like, it is, you're, it's like, oh, and at the same time, you get, like, a poopy poison kind of, like, very crunchy, like, oh, that's just a dude in a tube top. (laughs) Absolutely. And like it, it is the funniest queen on the stage, so it's like I'm so looking forward to it. And Manila Luzon is my drag queen of queens, and so I'm glad that she's getting this opportunity to kind of uh, play host. So, but uh, do we want to talk about the lip sync? Oh, um, with, with uh, Jada uh, Essence Hall, the Essence of Beauty. The looking fucking beauty. fierce in her like parachute pants. It was like harem parachute, parachute. Which ribbons. weren't real parachute pants because they were like ribbons that were hanging from her body. And then she had this cool like quaffed updo with a ponytail. Um, yeah, I was fucking living for it. And why do they always give Jade Essence Hall the boy songs? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's real shady that they give them what, what was it? Good golly, Miss Molly by. Uh, Little Richard. Little Richard. Oh, look at that. Time is erp. Well, I guess nope. we won't talk about the shade, the shade of it all. Yeah. Too bad um, you guys don't get to get to participate in the tea. Don't get to sip this tea. Um. Well, while we're sipping tea, um, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Take a break. Back, 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 back again. Guess who's back? Back again. We are back. Tell your friends. And we're back with. (laughs) But please tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your neighbors. I mean, tell your dog if your dog will subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) If your dog has (laughs) is able to uh, press the subscribe button on a computer screen or uh, tablet or uh, phone, we would appreciate. Helps us with the numbers and anal- uh, analytics and the log uh, analog rhythms and all that kind of and stuff. And it helps so. us make money. Yeah, we'd like to pay our unpaid intern. <laughs> we'd like to pay our unpaid producer. <laughs> they do a lot of work. We just we, talk. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just, they really do a lot of the, the magic behind the scenes. We're just complete, like I said, we're complete idiots that just talk for about an hour to two hours about some utter bullshit. 
and but they do all the work trying to figure out how to make us sound good and look good and make us relevant in the social media realm so god damn it give us give us some uh give us uh some subscriptions and some likes and some reviews so we can get these people some some moolah give them their coin give them some of that coinage um but speaking of absurdity let's talk about what if episode three what if episode three so Um, this was what if the avengers were never assembled i would argue the true what if is what if um hope van dyne was recruited in the avenger as an avenger but had died well, I mean, that was the what if, but that would be, like, giving the lead away with the title too much. Yeah, you have to, you know, after watching the episode, you, that's that's truly what the the episode is uh, really about. But, yeah, you, uh, that would spoil what was happening if that was their, like, their tag. Um, I do think, though, it should have been called, uh, what if Nick Fury's big week was... Nick Fury's bad week. <laughs> the what is this? Uh, the not so great. Not um, so... Nick Fury and the terrible, horrible, no good Fury bad week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because Nick Fury goes through it this episode. <laughs> He's not having but a, good a week. lot happens. A um, lot happens. Like within the first like few minutes, like they kill off Tony Stark. Kill off Tony Stark. They uh, <laughs> they. Uh, they fucking kill Thor with a, with a single arrow. They, Which I didn't uh, realize was the thing that could happen, but I'm wondering if that was part of like the banishment because he was banished from Asgard at that point. So he so didn't maybe have, he like, was like maybe he was more mortal than immortal. I guess he was less of a god, more of a mortal. Oh, who knows? But he gets he gets cured. Um, then uh, Hawkeye dies in a cell. Hawkeye just kind of dies mysteriously in his cell. And uh, um, the Hulk explode. The Hulk fucking exploded, and I like viscerally reacted. <laughs> it was so funny. We actually got to watch this episode together, but I had watched it first, and so when I saw it happening, I just see JJ's hands go up to his face as he starts to get bigger, and then like that, like my hands are covering my eyes, but I can see through my fingers, kind of a kind of a light. Yeah. Like what just happened? God, that was that's like probably one of the more v- almost violent things I've seen in a Marvel like yeah in a Marvel like uh, property. Like I don't. I think mean, I've that was s- one of the more explicitly violent things. I would argue <laughs> that uh, John Walker killing that one dude on uh, with the Captain America shield. I think that's the most violent thing that's ever happened, and we didn't even see it happen. Fair, yeah, that that is that is fair. Yeah, we did get to see a little bit of the the uh, the remnants of the of the blow on the with the blood spout splatter on the ground and on the shield, but yeah, which is why I is, think it's still whew. one of the more graphic things that happened without showing it. Like it was such such smart filmmaking, but yeah. I digress. But, we see the we we see the Hulk go floaty and he turns into like a green puff of dust. Yeah, and then you know Black Widow gets ambushed in, uh, in a uh, in a library, in a library, a public library after hours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, yeah, it becomes like stuff. this, and it, 
if it, the whole episode was like a you know Agatha Agatha Christie like murder who done it like who's who's killing off all of these all these people and uh, why are they only targeting you know uh, potential Avenger initiative ca- candidates and like we 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 go through the whole episode and uh, you know we get Loki coming back uh, coming to, uh, to Earth and he's like. You killed my brother, so I'm gonna murder all you. Um, and Dick Fury's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a common enemy here. <laughs> let, let me let me figure some things out. He's like, you got till sunrise, and he's like, well, cool. Um, and in that during that time, we you know lose more people, more people die, and um, the last message he gets is a voicemail from. Uh, Black Widow saying hope. It's all about hope. And he finally gets the aha um, that it's about Hope Van Dyne who had died. And the hint was that like when we talked about like how she died um, and where she was is that she was probably killed by the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in Odessa, the Ukraine, I believe. Yeah, there's a mission where, uh, in in our in the current MCU in the you know original MCU universe, uh, Black Widow had gone on that um, uh, mission and got injured because I think does the Winter Soldier like shoot her? To yeah, get he to... shoots. Yeah, he shoots through her to shoot somebody else. Right, and, and so she ends up surviving. How she so does end up survive. Is... Um, so the thought is that something similar happened and Hope was not able to survive that. And because of Hope's death, her father, Hank. Hank goes, Pim go cray cray. Hank, Hank Pim go cray cray. Um, as the, I believe his, he's the yellow jacket. Is that what I remember reading? Yes. He's the, he dons the yellow jacket, uh, Ant-Man armor, basically. And, um decides like hey uh fuck the avengers fuck nick fury i'm gonna kill all y'all and he uses his like nanotechnology to like he was like in so like uh, in, at the top of the episode black widow injects tony stark with what was supposed to be the serum to help him like deal with his like uh symptoms from the uh, the thing in his chest if, that, if i remember correctly from, yeah. yeah it was like the like lead poisoning or whatever from that was in the in the, uh, the reactor. Yeah, in that, the arc reactor, yeah. And so, um, but instead uh, of the antidote or whatever, it was Hank Pym just shoots in and, like, kills Tony Stark. And he goes, and that's how he's been killing all the other potential Avengers is by, like, you know, just by being real small and killing them. And so Nick Fury's like, well, how about uh, uh, he, like, meets him in a, in, by Hope's, grave stone yeah and like just like fucks with his head and he's like yeah i'm the what you gonna do what you gonna do try and hit me nah i'm gonna be over here i'm gonna be over here and we find out that it's actually loki um loki's trickster powers kind of uh, getting the best of hank pym and loki takes hank and seemingly i i thought they were like on good terms and so like i thought there was he got the guy who killed his brother. Nick Fury is should I felt like that that was 
done deal, but apparently Loki's like, no, I'm going to take over the world anyways. <laughs> While I'm here. <laughs> While I'm here, I'm going to be the supreme ruler of Earth and subjugate all of its people. Uh, so and I, I love that all of, like, every, like, segment it was, like, introduced, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday. So we get to see every day. And so they're currently on the day, the Thursday. And he goes, I'm just going to stick around for a couple more days. And it says, Friday. And you see Loki walking in with his army into the UN being like, no, <laughs> I own the world now. You're like, well, that was quick. Well, that and went it's because he didn't have anybody quick. to stop him. Yeah, because um, all the Avengers are dead. Uh, who else was going to... I mean... We, we do get a little, at the end, we get that uh, moment with Captain Marvel and Nick Fury finding Captain America's shield frozen. So the, with the implication that he can start um, a new Avengers type group with those two, um, which, uh, which is in a huge, uh, which would be kind of a, a real cool, like, another what if scenario. Yes. And... Um, this was like, uh, for as dark of an episode this was, it was still rather enjoyable because of, it was, I feel like. It was like, enjoyable because of Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg, I, I mean, want on my television though. all of the time. <laughs> I love Clark Gregg so much. He's so silly. He's so talented. And I want Clark Gregg. I want more. We need more Coulson. We do need more Coulson. More Agent Coulson. More Agent Coulson. Um, I read I read a, a random article about like how the internet is like, um, is Coulson gay? Because <laughs> he's like all he does during the episode is like call Thor beautiful and compliment his hair. <laughs> right, and well, and then his password's like, I his password Steve, is like Steve 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 Steve. Steve, Steve. Steve. <laughs> I love Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, is Coulson gay? <laughs> I'm here for it if he is. I don't think I, I I would be it would be I would be surprised if they reveal that Coulson's actually gay. I think he's just like super into like the superheroes. That's uh, that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. Like to make I mean, him gay would be is. like to make him gay would be that would be like that be uh, that would be queer baiting. That's that's what the MCU would be doing is queer baiting. There there's no there's no real. There's no re- and there haven't been any other real implications of his sexuality until this episode. Um, well, I mean, I've, there's the entire Agents of Shield, which I don't remember because I didn't watch enough of it. I have watched, yeah, I watched none of that. Oh, I watched the first couple of seasons, then I got bored with it. It, it got weird. Um, so there. Could that's be what I heard. There, but, I mean, maybe, but, and that's supposed to be canon, but uh, I'm sure the MCU it, will retcon that like shit. Canon with like quotation marks. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the MCU uh, and Daddy Feige will find will find some way to be like, yeah, that's actually not. We're gonna completely disregard that now. <laughs> that's what the multiverse is here for. But yeah. no, I don't think Coulson's gay. I'd be here for it if he was, but. Um... I mean, it'd be a great what if. This man is gorgeous. (laughs) Well, because Jeremy Renner's uh, Hawkeye was up there, and he was like, no, that's an accurate description, man. He's a very beautiful man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I I think that's that's just the joke, that everybody knows that, you know, Captain America is like the goody-goody two-shoes, the, uh, you know, Tony Stark is the playboy, playboy millionaire, and Thor is just like a really beautiful man. Beautiful God. So I did really enjoy this episode, even though it, even though it was really dark. There was some really nice like le- moments of like levity, and 
I feel like this was better paced than the other. There's still instances of we could have had a little bit more time to breathe, but I feel like this felt more streamlined. I don't know. Well, I think that the pacing was the same as all of the other ones. It just because of the nature of like you needed to feel the anxiety the whole time, it worked for this episode more so than others. Maybe, because, yeah. Because it's just a heightened level of, of anxiety. Like, because you're like, well, who's doing it? I don't know. Oh, shit, somebody else is dead? All right, well, who the fuck is doing it? Well, maybe it's, oh, no, well, it's not Loki because here comes Loki and he's pissed off that Thor's dead. Um, right. Okay, well, is it, I don't know, is it like a Thanos thing? But we'd see that. And so, like, just trying to come up with the the reasoning behind it. Um, I think having the quick pace worked in its favor. We'll see if it like settles even more within the next few episodes because at this point I have no idea what's next. Zero clues. Yeah, and if, if the first three episodes kind of follow, like f- f- are kind of at this sort of pace, I'm not gonna. I can't imagine they're gonna like switch it up by episode four. I feel like that's gonna be like a pretty like. St- kind of formula that they're not formula but like stylistic choice that they're going to make throughout the at least this series maybe they'll yeah but i mean like we might have more that like feel a little bit more like this episode three as opposed to like an episode one where the piece where it was like more against it whereas this one the pacing worked for it um because i mean now that we've introduced um you know a serial killer we're now like now zombies don't seem like that weird of a step. <laughs> so I feel right. like the zombies episode will work really well with this heightened, like quick pace. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, we I think we're still a couple step away. I think we're still a couple steps away from naturally landing on a zombie <laughs> on a zombie well, episode, think, but like we're definitely well, think, like moving towards like, okay, the, uh, the insanity and like the, the bigness is kind of being ramped up and ramped up and, the whether the pacing will work against or for the that particular scenario, we'll just have to see episode by episode. Oh yeah, but I also I, I want to say that when I looked it up on IMDb, like the zombies episode, I think was listed as like episode like six or seven. So we do technically have a bit further because mm-hmm. I was looking to see if they'd give me any clues for like even episode titles and. They have nothing, but they do have the picture of the zombies on a specific episode. Yeah, so, I mean, so far they've really been ramping up the, like, I would say that this is as far as, like, ramifications in the MCU, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this probably has, like, the most like, like, resonating impact throughout, like, all the lore. Like, having no Avengers... Like, that immediately negates so many, like, movies and scenarios that uh, that have come up because the Avengers did things. And so, like, it, yeah. that, that world has completely, that, you know, that particular universe will look completely different. Especially if Loki is <laughs> the ruler of, of ruler of Earth. Yeah. So that's really, that's really kind of exciting to see, like... Oh, they're really kind of doubling down on like, let's fuck up the MCU. How could we really fuck this shit up? Well, how about what if the the crown joy of the crown jewel of the first, uh, you know, the first phase of the uh, the first what 
three phases, right, of the MCU was, like, the Avengers and, like, what the Avengers did. Let's let's completely kill them off and therefore... Let's kill them off before they can even get together. Before they can even, like, utter the phrase Avengers and that completely, like, obliterates, you know, since, since uh, the Avengers aren't here and now that Loki is the... Uh, um, the ruler of the world there's no battle of earth so like the tesseract and and all that stuff with the tesseract that doesn't happen um chances are i don't think even avengers 2 probably couldn't have happened because wasn't that with the mind stone and loki's staff no that's the first avengers avengers 2 was age of ultron age of ultron can't happen because which can't happen because that was a creation by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Right. Yeah. Because was it Ultron like based on Jarvis or some? I can't. I'm trying to remember. It, it was. It long. was a. It was an AI that had independent, like thought and thinking that was loosely based on Jarvis, but became its own thing and then you know tried to take over the world. Yeah. And then um, Vision wouldn't have ha- wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't have a Vision because we, we don't have, have a Vision. Ultron. And if we don't have a vision, chances are uh, Wanda is not going to have like this, you know, have her grief because she wouldn't have known a vision existed. Therefore, Wanda Vision has just been annihilated. Wanda Vision doesn't exist. Well, I mean, well, at this point, also Pietro is still alive. Pietro, even yeah, even Pietro is still alive at this point. So like, she has no she has no reason to deal with her grief. Wanda Vision well, gone. Well, then also though, they were tested on with the mind stone do they have the mind stone do they even become mutants at this point i think the implication was that the mind stone like amplified her powers that were already latent like they were hidden but they might never have been fully activated it could have been like without the help of the mind stone possibly i mean she could a lot of mutant powers tend to manifest in like intense in moments of like emotional or physical like moments uh she if if she's i mean uh, if she's being tested on because of her mutant powers that might be impetus to kind of even more yeah but that's not why they were taken they were taken and well they were used not because they had abilities they were using the mind stone on everybody like all all sorts of people and they were just using it because of their powers Uh, no it just worked on them and then the implication is possibly is was that it worked on her because she is a witch and had this latent like witch abilities which could necessarily like could imply that her and pietra both had like a dormant x gene that we just haven't started exploring yet because Mm -hmm, we now can talk about mutants yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, all this stuff from just, you know, the, eliminating the Avengers, a lot of the MCU is gone. And that's a huge, that's, like, a really kind of cool thing to think about. Like, just kind of, like, following the chips as they fall. Like, because this, this happened, this couldn't have happened, this couldn't have happened, that couldn't have happened. Civil War wouldn't have happened because Sokovia wouldn't have been destroyed in Age of Ultron. Well, Civil War wouldn't have happened because 90% of the people who were involved in Civil War are dead. Well, that too. <laughs> like, um, this started because of, you know, Wanda fucked up and Tony had grief. Like, Tony, like, felt bad. 
Right. And, and like, none of those happen. players, yeah, n- and none of those players and, uh, did the things that were necessary. none of those are active on the field anymore. Yeah. So, like, there goes another movie out of, out of the, out of canon. Um, if Thanos, would Thanos been, would have been, would he been able to get all the, uh, the Infinity Stones? I think wasn't Thanos he... still could have gotten the Infinity, it's a possibility, but he wouldn't have had Loki's help. He wouldn't because have at least Loki, Loki's help, yeah. Because Loki wanted gave Thanos help because he wanted the support of the Chitari to take over Earth. He Correct, didn't need yeah. the Chitari to take over Earth because he had all of the Asgardians to do it. Yeah, so at least that would Im- at least imply that um, he, in order for Thanos to get all the Infinity Stones, he would have to get it from Loki rather than Loki giving it to him. Um. So who you know, maybe the snap didn't happen. Therefore, the the blip doesn't happen, and millions of people don't just disappear and reappear five years later. No, I like, think Thanos still would eventually succeed. It might be implicated that it could be possibly easier for Thanos to do so because no, he doesn't have Loki's help in the beginning like he had in like he was trying to have in. Uh, the first Avengers film, but that didn't work very well for him anyway because Loki lost. So Thanos is still able to get everything he needed. I think. Yeah, but I mean, had, it would have it would have just taken him a little bit more effort to get. Yeah, the, possibly for sure the stone from Asgard. But like, I think like it still is a possibility for it to happen. But we could go down this rabbit hole for eons. But isn't that but that's kind of the point of this series though, right? Like we can yes, see but our all of those can't last for eons. <laughs> no, no, but that's my that's my that's my the point is like I think this episode is probably of the three so far the most like has the most impact on the MCU as a whole. Oh, I mean, I would say that ego being able to take Peter Quill has a pretty big impact on the entire MCU. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that was just like, what, the last bit of the last episode? We had an entire episode of, you know... This, of a good uh, Thanos, of a better universe, of a whole bunch of people not dying. It's still a very big impact. It just wasn't a negative impact. Yeah. I would, I would still argue that having an Avengers being knocked out of play this early in the Marvel Cinematic Universe could is a is a, a wildly deep impact. I would I would argue on the same realm as when Ego gets with uh, with Peter Quill. No, I agree. I'm just saying that we can't discount the fact that that's a plot line that's like chilling there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to... It'd be kind of interesting to see if they explore it in the next season. Or what they explore in the next season. Yes. Um. Hey, JJ, did you watch The Nanny? I did. I actually finished uh, all the way through the first season of The Nanny. Yeah, and how did I... you feel about season one? I mean, it's... Season... Season one of any epi- uh, of any show is the purpose is to like establish the characters, establish the world, establish the the stakes, um, and the uh, get you familiarized with the 
with the universe. And this is of first seasons of sitcoms. This is a great, great, great first season. Uh, wildly, wildly funny. Like I said in the last episode, there's just so much like sharp, witty humor that permeates through all of the episodes that like is so enjoyable. Uh, some of my standout episodes, I really liked um, the episode where um, I like episodes where we get to see more of Sylvia, Fran's mom. Yes. Because I think she is, uh, uh, her character is hysterical as well. So one of my favorite episodes is when um, they go, they, the whole family tries to go on vacation, but there's like a winter blizzard happening and they mm-hmm. end up at Fran's mom's house stuck for like the weekend. Yes. And it's just like, what's what's funny is just like the clash, the kind of socioeconomic clash between the very affluent Sheffield family and the, you know, very blue collar, um, fine family. Because she, she's yes. like, oh, I'm serving tongue and all these like weird meat cuts. And like those, the kids are like, I have no experience with this. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to take any of this. And like they have, they have the one bathroom. Because <laughs> Bright, I think Brighton asks, "Oh, can I use the bathroom? Uh, somebody else is in there right now." Uh, he's like, "Oh, where's the uh, where's the next other bathroom?" He's like, and Fran is like, "Well, if you go down to the corner to the deli, uh, you can use the bathroom there, but you're gonna have to pay for a hoagie or something." <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, yeah, I, I do love the culture shock that these kids get. They're like, "Oh, you mean not everybody lives like us? Mm-hmm. This is not normal." And one of the things I uh, I again I forget about this and it. The moment I forget about it, they like kind of bring it up again. Is the um, the loss of the the mom, and yeah. one of the one of the more like really uh, like poignant episodes is when uh, it's Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and Fran is like, "Why don't you guys talk? Say anything about Sarah?" And I for the longest time didn't even know that the they said even the wife's name. So the fact that I know that it's Sarah is astonishing but like she's like why don't you guys talk about sarah and we find out that like maxwell is just like too he's just like so overprotective of the kids and he doesn't want them to like experience the grief that he doesn't really allow them to even um like allow them to remember the even the good moments with yeah the mom and it ends with this really like really beautiful moment where he brings like a home video and it's with it's with very young Gracie, very young Brighton and Maggie. Um, and we see the mom for the very first time and she's gorgeous with this like, mm-hmm. you know, pixie cut blonde hair and she's holding like a young Gracie and like selling, saying how beautiful she is and how pretty of a girl she is and how she's mummy's like, she mommy loves her. And it's just like really like beautiful this moment to see that like, uh, the family get to actually not just ex- not necessarily re-experience the trauma, but to like uh, immortalize their mother and like re- give her this moment of reverence rather than it being twinged with the sadness. And so I thought that was beautiful, super beautiful. Um, well, yeah, and it's also one of those things that what could have been done is that we know that Fran is into Maxwell and could have wanted the kids to forget about their mom so she can kind of wiggle her way into it. But instead she chooses to want the kids to honor their mom. 
which is something which I also think is great to really point out the difference between a Fran and a Cece. Yeah, that's what a Cece would do. A Cece would have been like, uh, ignore your mom, I'm here right now. Yeah. Um, I do gag for a lot of the guest stars uh, in this series. Uh, yes. We get a freaking Rita Moreno. Yup. As a uh, as Fran's former gym teacher, Maggie's current gym teacher, who's giving Maggie like a bunch of uh, problems in gym class because Maggie is not necessarily physically well coordinated. Richard Kine is uh, yep. in an episode. He goes on a date with uh, Fran and uh, threatens to. Uh, it doesn't go as uh, as well as he planned because he asked her to marry her, and she's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna like- marry you." She's like, no, it's our first date. This is weird. Yeah, and so he's like, the next obvious next natural move is to threaten to kill yourself and jump off the building. And that's what he does. So funny. It's so stupid. It's so funny. Um, (laughs) I love it. And, like, only a Richard Kind could do do that part. absolutely. Richard Kind was built for a part like that. Because it's still, like, there's there's still a level of, like, levity with him threatening to kill himself. Because it's yeah. still still super goofy. Um, Freaking Patty LaBelle makes an appearance and she sings "New Attitude" on set, yep. and you're like, "What the? F- this is amazing." Um, I still love the fact that they there's a moment where uh, Maxwell has uh, an opening night. He has it's an opening night for his play, and they're upstairs in that like uh, that famous bar with all the caricatures of like famous Broadway actors. Yeah, and so they're upstairs at Sardi's, and the kids are, like, in a booth, and they're looking at the, the caricatures, and they're like, aren't these supposed to be, like, famous people? And she's like, who the hell is, like, Groucho Marx? <laughs> yeah, love it. And then I think Brighton says, oh, he must be Marky Mark's grandfather or something like that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, my soul. <laughs> right? My soul. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, we're talking about a sitcom here, so this is not necessarily, you know, um, it's not filmmaking or, uh, you know, television at its, like, highest art form. This is for entertain- entertainment purposes. Entertainment <coughs> for the masses. For the masses. I would argue that in order to really get the jokes and to really understand, like, the comedy... This is not meant for the masses. The masses don't get all of, like the the political satire, the the Broadway humor, the uh, the literary uh, you know moments, the literary uh, uh, allusions and things like that. It's this. It's it's a it's a highbrow comedy built into like a lowbrow sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, this and which is why, like, I I think as a kid, I knew this was special because the times I've seen it, it was really resonating with me. But now that as an adult, I can really pinpoint like what it is about this show that really makes it work, and it's it's such a it's such a classy, it's got such a like irreverent humor, kind of masquerading as a dopey show, but it's yeah. got a lot of it's got a lot of intelligence and a lot of heart. And we, you know, we even though like you could argue that some of the characters are uh, some of the uh, act, uh, the characters are kind of cliched, 
like you get the the you know the troublemaking middle child or you know the the sassy lady the sassy you know exotic woman from the other side of the tracks but like it seems to work here and not to a, to a detriment it seems to really like elevate yeah but i love no, it it's just it's a fun show and i'm glad that you're experiencing it and next week we will see how far you get on season D. D. Season D. Um, and on that note, let's take one more break. Break me off a piece of that break. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02022-1378. Um, I didn't have, I don't have a lot to uh, talk about with our, uh, what's coming up. I only put one, the, a couple things down. Um, and one of which yeah, is there like wasn't stuff a whole lot we, of, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a big week for guess what's coming out. It's more like, holy shit, these things are almost here. Right. Yeah. But I did, I did put down, there have been reports that Venom 2 was going to be even pushed back further into 2022. Um, but it looks like multiple sources are saying it, uh, uh, according to Vulture that, uh, uh, there was a possibility that, um, the Venom sequel will be pushed into January of next year due to COVID, COVID things. But it looks like based on, uh, kind of subsequent, uh, insider information that doesn't seem to be very true, um, because I guess, like, because if uh, Venom is delayed, I guess Jared Leto's is supposed to be Morbius in, in that movie. And so yeah. if, if Venom is delayed, then Morbius has to be delayed. But as far as anybody has seen, Morbius has not been officially, like, pushed out of its release spot. So, like, it doesn't seem likely that Venom is going to be pushed, pushed later. And, um, I mean, it's already been pushed back just- a number of times. Yeah, well, I mean, and then you just kind of run back into, like, the MCU problem with, is if you delay one movie, then you have to delay everything you have coming after it, because they have to come out in a certain order. Right. And, and so, and so it, it would just be silly on their part to delay it any further. Yeah, I think it's it's looking like October 15th is the, is the, the final, the, the final, final uh, release date, so... Oh, yeah, um, I still think that's a stupid date because, again, the Halloween movie comes out and that's going to get, that's going to, like, split your box office. That's just mm-hmm. dumb. It should either be you delay it one more week or you push it up a week. But yeah. whatever. I'm not, I'm not a big executive. I'm just an idiot with a podcast. <laughs> idiot with a podcast and an opinion. <laughs> but, hey, that's just me. Um, but also I see that you put down, um, Cobra Kai has been renewed through season five. I hope season five is the last season because I don't think we can do much more with this story. 
I think they're aiming for a season six, like final season. I, I mean, that's what, as long I think as that's we, what I remember hearing it. As long as we have an end in sight, um, because like I said, I don't want it to like it's dangerously close to jumping the shark. And I thought that what we had set up for this next season, uh, with the last season, I thought it was like this would be a really great like way to wrap everything up. But we're gonna keep going. Cool. Don't fuck up, guys. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I mean, I'm still wildly enthralled with this. I think if it, 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 it at least to me, it seems to get better and better with each season. It, I'm wildly entertained by this. By the fact that it was renewed for season five, even before the premiere of season four, shows you how much faith uh, Sony Television must have with this uh, with this series because um, it seems like they're putting uh, a lot of eggs in their basket. Um, well, I think it's also the it. only show that Sony Television has out right now. So, I mean, fair. That could, that's very well. That's very. <laughs> that's very 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 true. Um, but yeah, it looks like um, they, with the announcement of the season five renewal, uh, the co-creator has, um, uh, uh, you know, otherwise stated that they do have an end to the story in mind. They're not just going to let this kind of. Um, spiral into just like you know uh into some crazy like oh and then you know then the mom gets into and <laughs> they gets uh, starts her own dojo and like they get the, there's tension with between the mom and ralph macchio's character yeah that would i don't know it, it would no it, it, it needs to have an end it needs to have a conclusion. It can't be something that they try to keep going for like ten seasons. It won't work. No, and that's what it looks like. They they do have an end in sight, and it's it seems like it's. I don't know if it's sooner than later, but it's. Uh, they do have an end. Well, good. That makes me happy. Yeah, and on um, a positive, right? Yeah, and speaking of positives, we're done talking. <laughs> That's it for Yay. us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can listen to us on the YouTubes at Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. You can follow me at Joey Snow 2006 And you can follow JJ at PNLMan underscore zero five. Follow our unpaid intern, Natalia, at The Third World Creative, and our producer, Jonathan, at Jelly Sound. Rate us and leave a review wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends to check us out. Also, follow us on TikTok at Nobody Asked Our Opinion. I'm still grossed out by saying that. Um, um, Join us again on Wednesday, next Wednesday, to hear us talk about more pop culture bullshit. And uh, join us this Friday to finally get to the end of Star Wars. Holy crap, guys, we did it. We did it. (laughs) Um, So uh, finally come after, you know, 11 hard weeks of Star Wars. Good Lord, that's so many Star Wars. (laughs) And shut up, you missed two weeks. Oh no. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh join us, hang out with us. Uh I don't know, talk to us on social media. We like hearing your thoughts. Yeah. Um hang out with us. 
here and tell your friends. Tell your friends, tell everybody. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.